hosting the Two Blokes Talking Tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Now, it's time for Two Blokes Talking Tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. About technology. Fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Episode 183, thank you for listening, thank you for downloading. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. My name's Trevor Long, EFTM.com.au, and joining me in the flesh, as promised, Stephen, because we did say last week we would endeavour to do the show in the flesh here today with Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. G'day, mate. G'day, Trevor. Good to see you. Uh, we're here, uh, we are here together. We're, uh, we should explain where we are, I suppose. Well, because we, we, we often need a reason to be together. And, and to, the, to the many wonderful people who work in the industry of tech, we're not married. Um, we actually really only speak a couple of times a week. Um, a lot of people think that we are joined at the hip, but uh, we've come together today to be at the launch of the Nokia. Sorry. Well, it actually still it does still say, Nokia, it still yeah. says Nokia. It'll be but the last one that does say It's the last one that says Nokia. Lumia. It'll be the Microsoft devices. Lumia... 8.30. Now, it's actually not a bad-looking phone. It's reasonable. Um, it's actually metal quite light. Metal, quite quite nice. light. Um, very thin, it's very a really square. Nice camera on board. My but, God, uh, the colours, the, though. The features, yeah, no, that hurts my eyes. you got the orange witch's hat colour one, and uh, I, I did choose the white one, the green one that I... I, I reckon I, this would make witch's hats blush. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll just make council workers wear them on the outside of their shirts. <laughs> But uh, no, the white one I decided to get is a little bit more... But you're right, the camera is probably the key feature of this quickly before we get into the rest of the show. And we're doing the show, of course, as always, thanks to the good people at Netgear, and we'll tell you about them later. But the camera, there was... To be honest, I normally take one thing out of these events, and the well, flash... your attention span, is it? Short attention span. Uh, apart from my personal brand, the, um, the flash <laughs> is sen- sensational on this. Because, and I don't know how, I'm going to have to understand after I use it for a bit, but it seems that... It's doing like multiple photos at the same time with and without the flash to allow you then to adjust the flash. So they showed a photo of a small child in a high chair and a very dark photo and then just with a slide of a finger, not increasing the exposure, literally increasing the level of flash in the photo. That was phenomenal. Yeah, that was like, it was like shining a torch on the subject in the photo, wasn't it? That was incredible. That was a a It reminds me of those Lytra cameras, you know, the depth of field, choose your focus thing. Mm -hmm. This is after the event, you know, days or weeks or months after, changing the flash. Same with exposure. And they talked about doing things which they're clearly getting feedback from from their users about like, you know, making making the the camera launch quickly from the lock screen. I've just pressed the camera really quickly there and it's come straight on. So I, I got the Zoom. Let's do a, selfie. Stephen, let's, let's do a, sel- we'll a ziggy a selfie. zaggy selfie, right? So we've just got to, go. I think, oh, I don't know. Let's check. Could oh. be the worst. Oh. <laughs> 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 we're going to keep that, right? Because people are wondering why burst. we're laughing. What does it say burst on it? I don't know. Maybe I held the photo for, held the held the uh, the thing for too long. You don't read the instructions. Oh, no. Well, who does, really? What I like, too, is that the, the, uh, the Microsoft version of, uh, of Siri is also on board, Cortana. It's in alpha. Is it actually yes. going to ship with it, though? Well, I, I think, think he was just there, testing he said it. later this month. No, I think he was talking about the camera with that. Okay, okay. Cortana is coming a, a yeah. while away, but... Do you know where Cortana comes from? Uh, it's the, the no. name of the personal assistant in the Halo game. 
you know, when, whenever you're little in your... When you're I love Taylor. Game, that was a good game. The, the, the little woman's voice that came up to help you through the game, her name was Cortana. I only have one woman's voice in my ear, and it's my wife. Um, <laughs> and to Amanda, too. I'm sure she's not listening. listening. Yeah, she's okay. just nagging. Um, but look, great device. Um, Stephen will probably spend a lot more time than I will on it, and we'll probably review it will in the I? weeks ahead. I think will you I? will. Is that right? I'll have a go. Yeah. I'll have a go. <laughs> tech Guide. I don't want to break it to you, Stephen, but techguide.com.au does pretty much heavily rely on technology Absolutely. reviews Absolutely. and if people if you want a technology review or modern um, window shutters and yeah, blinds <laughs> trying something new there <laughs> feel free to check out techguide.com.au episode 183 let's get into it in uh, full swing two blokes talking tech you're listening to two blokes talking tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick now I made a reasonably bold claim often when we do reviews we, we make stupid claims but I believe that the Samsung Galaxy Note 4 is the best smartphone Samsung's ever made. Yeah. Oh, that's av- it's available now. We've been playing it for a little while. You've seen it for a while because you saw it at Ephra and things. Yeah. I'm very impressed with it, mainly because not of the not Android, not the, not the features, not the power, not the camera, mm. the construction. It feels like $1,000, right? And that's my problem with Samsung Galaxy S5 and others is they feel plasticky, even the leathery back. This feels like quality, and I'm super impressed to the point where I'm really looking forward to the Samsung Galaxy S6 because I'm hopeful that it will carry some of the design cues from this. Absolutely. I agree. I think, yeah, you're right. Probably one of the only complaints of a Samsung device um, is that they sort of lack that build quality. They feel made of plastic. This does definitely have... Oh, there's more metal in this one too, and it does feel like quality. The back leather-like the textured cover, I think, adds to it as well. But, but the, you know, the Samsung Galaxy S5 has that, but it's still it's so much better. Yeah. I believe that if you go into a store, Telstropolis, Photophone, wherever it is, and go and have a look at this, yeah. as a Samsung owner, you'd be very impressed and probably quite looking forward to the next... The iPhone 5 wants its chamfered edges back, though. Yes. That's a very similar to the... I, I made reference to that in my review, although, you know, I wasn't scathing. I thought, you know, the phone is, as I, I, you said earlier, probably the best device they've ever made. Mm. I, I, I'd agree with that. But uh, I think, too, that what this has also done... It's a big screen phone. I think you'll see all the billboards. It's not just about the screen. Samsung have been at this for four years with a big screen. Now, everyone's thinking, oh, Apple's come along with the iPhone 6 Plus and suddenly everyone's noticing big screen phones. Samsung have been doing this for a while. And this is a very worthy opponent to the 6 Plus. Everyone's making noise about the 6 Plus. And genuinely perfect, frankly, Samsung would be very happy that Apple came out with the 6 Plus because they had this ready, right? Not only did it justify it, but they were about to launch their best phone. Mm-hmm. See, now, if the iPhone 6 Plus came out two years ago, the Note 2, the Note 3, they're good phones, but they still had that plasticky feel. And I don't think side-by-side side they're a great comparison. No. iPhone 6 Plus next to Note 4 is a worthy side-by-side yeah, side comparison. In the same ballpark. I'd agree with that. And what I like, too, is that I actually took a photo of them next to them in my review and noticed that despite the Note 4 having a bigger screen, this 5.7-inch screen yeah. compared to the 5.5, the Note is actually a shorter device. It's actually shorter, so not narrower or thinner, but not as long, so it fits in your pocket a little easier. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that, that I really like. Now, the, the, the S Pen, I think that they've really improved that yet again. It can be used as a mouse. If, if you use this thing to draw or to sketch, the S Pen is now pressure sensitive, it, you know, light strokes, dark strokes. It, it, uh, my daughter's studying architecture and she sort of was fiddling around with it and even she was impressed thinking, wow, I could use this for my job. So if you're really, if, if you're sort of after productivity, you want to get a bit more out of your smartphone, but, but, you know, the size of the screen, the performance of the device, the lack of multitasking capabilities, what stops people from doing this sort of work on a phone. 
the the note 4 actually delivers in all those areas it's got a screen big enough can multitask like a pro and you can now you know use the uh, the s pen to cut copy paste do all that sort of thing you'd normally use for a, co- a computer to do. i think it's excellent i just have no need for the s pen i keep bringing it out and going oh that's amazing but why do i want to take a cut out of a screenshot i just and i try drawing and i'm not a good drawer i'm not i've got terrible handwriting so memo is a handy one how many times you've met someone and you were or you're hearing a voice message and you need to write down the number as you hear it. That, that's what I use it for. Also, the Action Memo, if you write someone's phone number, say, say oh, okay, I've just met you, I write your phone number down, that information can then be converted into... I'm not interested, contact. by the way. But uh, No, I'm just saying, that's, that's one of the uses of it. But um, here's a couple of things I don't like, though, okay? We've been singing the praises. Yep. The fingerprint reader is right. useless. Now, unless you're actually putting your fingerprint dead center down the middle of the home button, it's not going to work. Now, that's what I like about the the iPhone is that I could be sideways on and it'll still unlock. That was really annoying. Another feature they had was the uh, the display photo, you know, where you can take a photo of a blackboard and it can convert that to text. That was really muddled. I was muddled how to use that properly. It just wasn't that seamless experience I was looking for. There are only two little minor complaints, but... I think if they can improve that, and they're making big noise about it being a security device when you a security measure when you're buying, purchasing things, and PayPal's involved and stuff like that. So, you know, they're only minor, minor, definitely not a deal breaker in terms of the device. I think it's still an excellent product. I think, I think though, I agree with you 100% on the fingerprint sensor. I think the problem is it stopped me using the fingerprint sensor. I turned it off very quickly because I'm so used to so used to just having to place my thumb over the button of an iPhone swiping on the bottom of a phone is not a natural gesture at all. So that's where they lose out. Look, Battery-wise, I, th- I liked the battery, I think, lasted a day and a half. Not quite as long as a 6 Plus, but I think ample times. Considering yeah. if you're really giving this a bit of a go, like with your email and your, your web browsing, you're on social media, whatever, a day and a half I think is pretty good, especially when you're powering a screen of this size. So yeah. I think that's pretty impressive. Plus they've got also that fast charging feature which can get you to 50% of your battery in half an hour. That's pretty good. All right, you can check out, um, we've both got reviews up uh, on eftm.com.au and techguide.com.au of the Samsung Galaxy Note 4. Well, Telstra earlier this week uh, announced the latest flavor of their 4G network. Now, we know that uh, the, uh, they really bought up big in the 700 megahertz spectrum. They sp- spent over a billion dollars in the auction to gain this 700 megahertz spectrum. And that is the, the basis for their new 4GX network, which uh, is blazingly fast, uh, which you'll talk about in a moment. But uh, it has sort of rolled out in various pockets of the country. It is going to go uh, wider in January next year. So January 2015, it will be available similar to the previous 4G rollouts where 3Ks are the CBD, major regional locations as well, and then eventually they'll blanket the country in a year or so. They've essentially got to upgrade towers one by one. And um, the, the key thing to say here is this 700 megahertz is the old analog TV spectrum. So we switched off analog TV at the end of last year and everyone will remember at some point this year they've had to retune their digital television. And that's still happening. Well, Goulburn next week, Canberra in a couple of weeks, and then it's finally going to be all over. And what that did was, and a recent analogy I've used, hopefully it works, is imagine a street of houses, 10 houses. Well, what happened was all the television networks were spread kind of over, over those 10 houses, but there's only five networks. So what they've done is they've moved all the, all the networks into five houses all in a row, and the other five they can basically yeah, knock down, yeah. and the, the, the telcos have bought that space. Yeah. So that 
that space becomes available following the restack of digital TV, which is happening now. January 1, Telstra can start um, switching it on. They're doing, the, because Sydney switched off digital TV some time ago, they've been able to do scientific trials, which they're doing now. Um, you, you got the, uh, the hotspot device and did some tests with them um, earlier in the week. You were getting around 150 meg downloads just in the CBD. Yeah, Mate, I put the uh, Telstra SIM card into the Samsung Galaxy Note Four, which is 700 megahertz compliant, just while I was sitting here waiting to come to this event tonight, um, we walked down to a convenience store, and just mate, I was just standing at the counter of the convenience store waiting for my credit card to process, and I did a speed test, 211 meg down. I nearly died on the spot. That's going to be a record. Oh, I've never seen anything no, like no, it. That's just to put that into perspective for people, that's probably twice the speed of their, or three times the speed of their home broadband connection. That's right. And we, we've got, I've got Telstra Big Pond cable. I'm getting half that. Now, to be clear, I was the only one in the, in the, within a 5K radius using it, probably. But um, it, it just proves what can happen. Now, to, to put that in context, um, Vodafone have their, their 20 megahertz contiguous spectrum, all this kind of stuff. They've got a better 4G network in terms of potential speed and have had for some time. I've been able to achieve 102, 108 meg downloads with them in a couple of key areas with Vodafone. And normally Telstra is sitting around the 30, 40, maybe 60 if you're lucky. So at the moment you're lucky to get 60. I think we're going to regularly see 120 plus on a regular basis. And I don't think it'll degrade. People talk about, oh, what about when others are on the network? It won't degrade ridiculously. Well, 700 megahertz, we should point out that it does allow that wider bandwidth. So when you are at the football and you're struggling to get your message out, this will, the 700 megahertz will help that. It'll also uh, have further range and reach deeper into buildings, including lifts. Yeah. Why are lifts so hard? Why does the signal stop at the lift? Does it know there's well, a Well, it's, it's a big it's metal right cage, right? It's, it's in the core yeah. of the building. It's in a concrete core, yeah. plus it's a metal box. Well, 4GX, Telstra claims that it will reach into the lift. So how many times have you gone into a lift or you heard people saying, look, so I'm going in a lift, I'll call you back? Yeah. Because you're just expecting it to drop out. And look, I spoke to one of the other networks and said, from your perspective, I need to understand why 4GX is a big deal. Mm. And they basically admitted that the indoor coverage was where Telstra was going to have the advantage with this 4GX. To be clear, this is my only problem with 4GX. It's a brand. It's a marketing thing. It's not an actual technology and you will never know that you're on it. So if you're standing under the tower and you're just on Twitter, your phone will say 4G. If you're five kilometres from the tower and you're on Twitter, your phone will say 4G. And let's be real, people don't know what speeds they're getting. But this is all about proving the theoretical speeds of the network and, and swinging their uh, clout, shall we say. Absolutely. It's a, it's a badge of honour for, for, for Telstra. Yeah. They, they want to claim to have the fastest, widest, bestest, whatever, however you want to call it, 4G network, and this is how they're going to go about it. So uh, put your seatbelts on because it can be pretty quick. As you said, um, they're going to have to fit some of these things with airbags. Absolutely, yeah. I tweeted that out a few days ago. Didn't get many retweets, but anyway, it would have been nice. <laughs> what about that? Can people, can we, can we jump onto Ziggy Zaggy? Show, some love, Show yeah. the Fennec some love. Come on, people. Made a video of Ziggy Zaggy, which will, uh, for my Kogan review, yeah. Ziggy Zaggy got their own video. If you want to actually see Ziggy Zaggy, go to Stephen's website, techguide.com today, and look for the Kogan Action Cam Review, and you'll see Ziggy Zaggy, or Ziggy and Logan, as he chooses to call them. Um, Kogan actually tweeted the next day, they called Logan the Kogan mascot. Logan and Kogan. Logan the Kogan. You're listening to (laughs) Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. 
Now, I'm well-renowned as not really liking motor racing games. Much more, I prefer the hardcore action, first-person shoot'em war style games. I think there's a different name for them. But anyway, my favourite game of the year is obviously Call of Duty. Oh, no, this is all wrong. Sorry, is, that, is this script? You're, you're meant to be reading this script, aren't you? Yes. No, seriously, Call of Duty uh, Advanced Warfare came out, came out this week. Um, and before I throw it to Stephen, who will give you his in-depth expert view because other than kim.com who i noticed within five hours was at the top of the leaderboard um so the man has a lot of time to play the game um he's probably the 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 definitive expert on the game look i installed it xbox one i I honestly don't spend a lot of time with games so it's not a great experience for me but i was overwhelmed by this the i was able to get straight into the story um it was a very short intro i hate the fact that they make you sit through intros sometimes i hate the fact that to learn the game they send you on these stupid little training courses this was real it was a real trying to training event and so i felt like i actually played the game yeah it was it was a mission um so i went through a couple of the missions i thought the graphics were phenomenal um i thought the gameplay was excellent i thought just generally it was mind-blowing. I think it's definitely the best first-person style shoot-up shoot up games I've seen. And I have a feeling that you concur. I absolutely agree. I think that the, there was a real... I think there was pressure because Sledgehammer Games made this as so their first crack at a Call of Duty title. I reckon they w- w- there was a lot of pressure on them to really produce something special. And as they say, it takes pressure to make a diamond. And that's what they've come up with. Uh, I, I think that... The additions to the game, like it's still your, your traditional, it ticks all the boxes for a Call of Duty player, great first person, great maps, great storyline, but the, the, the cherry on top, I think, are the new features, the exoskeletons that give you sort of that amplify the, your strengths and you can leap tall buildings in a single bound, but even bringing in someone like Kevin Spacey, a heavy, Hollywood heavyweight, two-time Oscar winner, really gave this game a lot of credibility and I think... Put it over the top, sort of. It, it, I said in my review, it's probably the closest Call of Duty game that felt like an action movie that you're in. Yeah. So it was very cinematic. Uh, you know, the writer, co-writer of the story is Mark Boll, I think Oscar-nominated uh, scriptwriter who did Zero Dark Thirty and The Hurt Locker, which are similar sort of settings for Call of Duty. Um, so really ticks all the boxes. You know, it gives everyone what they expect from Call of Duty, and then a little bit more. Which because is because it was at the last Call of Duty that I played. Um, I felt like I had to sit through really long scenes in between stuff to kind of play out the story. Whereas this one, I feel like I'm actually working it's through the story. Yeah, I agree with that. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of long what they call cutscenes. So you're not yeah. sitting through, it, 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 it's, it's sitting through long and yeah, you're hitting X to, to keep moving. Now this kind of kept the pace. That's what I liked about it. the pace was was solid. Uh, some great set pieces. I think in my review, I said there's more exotic locations than a Bond film, and it, it's a really cool way they've done it. And I think delivered to the hardcore fans, but also given something that will attract new people to the game. You know, Kevin Spacey and big cinematics type of uh, production, uh, and the multiplayer. Wow, you know, I could speak hours about how good the multiplayer is. Brings in a lot of the features from the campaign, like the exosuit, which really adds to that whole strategy of the multiplayer. Multiplayer is very competitive. Uh, arena and having these extra features really adds that gives it another edge that uh that's really now look i've given it five out of five i'll tell you right now this is the my game of the year full stop there it is techguide.com.au for screenshots videos and steven's full review on two blokes talking tech
And we do it all thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au to check out their range of modems and routers. And uh, we both are massive fans of the Netgear Nighthawks range of routers, not just the plain Nighthawk, the plain, <laughs> it's beautiful, the Nighthawk X6, which is a tri-band router. Now, this comes into its own when you've got a, a really diverse family, let alone an advanced family. So if you've got devices that are old and very basic, plus you have the most modern of devices, this is fantastic because you, you've got devices connecting to the right network and you're getting the best speeds out of your network because please remember, your Wi-Fi network is only as good as the worst device on it. So if you have a single band router, if you go cheap on your router, you're going to go cheap on your speed and you're not going to get even the speeds that you should be getting through your, your broadband internet. So for the full range of Netgear products, check them out at netgear.com.au. Two Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, Kogan loves a press release, and I have my problems with his most recent one. And I'm going to put it straight out there. Um, it was deceptive. That's right, Rosalind, deceptive. So he comes out and he says, well, he says, I'm launching a 65-inch 4K ultra-high-definition TV. Fantastic, and I think that's great. Um, and then there's a chart which shows that it's fifteen ninety nine. It's a stunning, stunning price. Now, did you see my um, article at eftm.com.au? So I decided to take another view at that same chart. So what he's done is listed Samsung's and Tony's, and it's an extraordinary price gap, and he's doing a great job. But if you were just to browse Harvey Norman, JB Hi-Fi, and a few other websites, you'd find that I can get a TCL for around eighteen, nineteen hundred. I can get a Hisense for nineteen, twenty-one hundred. And and actually, I did say that in my story too, Trevor. Oh, I know. He only put it up against the big brands. That's yeah. right. And I think that I just feel that you've got to, You've got to be honest about this. Yeah. Um, fifteen ninety-nine plus. You're going to. Plus your freight, plus, plus your delivery, yeah, and only to Sydney and Sydney and Melbourne metro areas. Correct. So you're up for seventeen hundred dollars, and there are TVs out there for a couple of hundred more. Now, to be clear, but they're not sixty-five inch though. This is the size of this. Yeah, I can get a sixty-five inch TCL for a couple of hundred dollars more yeah. than this, and I think people need to know that there are in-store options, but. A couple of hundred dollars is a good saving. Absolutely. Let's not forget that, right? That's a big percentage of yeah. saving. Well, so well, to make his to make his pricing look better, of course he's going to put it up against the big players. Yeah. He always does that. And I, I, I stated in my story, I said, look, they're not suggesting that this is going to beat the quality of those bigger brands. Not not by a long shot. But I think it just what what he, what I liked. And my angle of this was that. It's, he's once again applied the blowtorch. He, yeah. he, he likes doing that. He likes being the one reminding people, you know what, you, these big brands are charging you all this money. There is an alternative. And then, look, Kogan's TV is not as good as the Samsung TV, no. but is the Samsung TV four times as good as the Correct. Kogan TV? And I made the point in, in, in my story that I've got a 65-inch TCL at home in our lounge room. It's beautiful. I don't watch 4K I content. <laughs> That's in the man cave now. Um, and, and, you know, the 65, 4K, I don't have any 4K content. But when I do, it'll look fine. Um, when I'm watching Foxtel, the quality ain't that great anyway. So you need to remember your own personal viewing experience is what determines that. If you are a hardcore gamer, if you are big into your movies, yes, I believe you should invest in a quality yeah. Samsung, Sony, Absolutely. LG television. But if you're watching the nightly news and a bit of Foxtel... Seriously, go home with a big TV that fits in your budget. I've said this all the time. You know, you can choose to drive a Mercedes Benz or you can choose to drive a Hyundai. They both do the same thing. Mm-hmm. One does it a little bit better than the other. They, but, but they both get you from A to B. Correct. So if you're a bit fussier, a bit of a fussier consumer, then maybe 
you might want to something. But I, for one, Stephen, will be waiting for the tech guide review of this television because you oh, are. Uh, I know. I don't know many people that know TVs as well as you do. Yeah. I, I enjoy your reviews because you can see the detail that others can't. And while you can't, while the average viewer doesn't notice those things at home, I think it's important to be armed with that information before you buy. So stand by and stay tuned for a full review at techguide.com.au in the near future. Uh, yeah, I, uh, well, we're, we're both Jawbone users, um, still using our activity trackers. And they've been, look, they've been one of the leading brands in this area. And, Jawbone and Fitbit, let's, let's Yeah, let's they go. are. Yeah, they're, they're, the two, they're the two big, big uh, going head-to-head there. But uh, Jawbone actually announced even uh, brand new models uh, in their lineup. Quite a shock, too. Yes. There was no... Yeah, well, no, they, they, just, uh, they just dropped this, this release. And uh, they've got two new devices. Um, They've got the Up 3, so they've gone from Up 24 down to 3 again. So uh, a bit of Microsoft sort of counting going on there. (laughs) But uh, they've also got the Jawbone Move. Now, I think let's talk about the Move first very quickly. The Move is kind of your the jawbone that's on your wrist now, the Up 24, but in a different form factor. It's like a smaller size, about the size of a coin, can fit in a clasp, or you can wear it as a watch. And the, uh, the face of the product can actually tell the time. So if you double tap, it'll tell you where the hour hand is, where the minute hand is, so you can use it as a watch. And it, it will give you live feedback on the app. And they've and gone for beautiful colours and all that yeah, stuff as it well. It still, so still has design. that design standard, so uh, you know, pretty good-looking device and a very colourful. Uh, and it's only priced at $69, which is what? a huge... For someone who's who wants to get into this, start tracking their health. Are you telling me it does everything the Up24 does? 69. Well, not quite everything. You know, it doesn't... It doesn't uh, I'm not sure about the sleep tracking, how deep right. the sleep tracking goes, but you, you can use it to track your sleep. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure how, how uh, accurate it is yeah, compared yeah. to the, the Up24. 69, that's the cheapest on the market. So I've, I've reviewed, aggressive. you know, kind of not cheapo brands, but I reviewed one called a Fitbug, which was 99, and it was, it was a nothing brand, but... That's a fantastic product. Incredible, yeah. Because let's be clear, one of the reasons that I'm a fan of Jawbone is their app. They have a huge amount of data analytics. They do great things in the app to to motivate you just to get to sleep early or whatever it might be. And they're very smart about that in terms of a well-being thing. So just having any Jawbone product for me is an advantage. And at that price, sensational. And the stats that they show too, like Jawbone is the leading brand when it comes to people feeling healthier. You know, they've made positive changes to their health as a result of using the jawbone. You know, they did all these studies against Fitbit. But the really impressive announcement, I think, is the jawbone th- up three. Now, this is really taking the your health monitoring to another level. Now, there's a picture on TechGuide of the device, and there's all these different sensors placed inside the, uh, the wristband. Mm. And they are used for various uh, various thing, things to track in your body, like your heart rate, your skin temperature, all these other ambient temperature sensors. Mm-hmm. So basically what it can do is dive even deeper into your analysis and, and provide things like a resting heart rate. So it can automatically, when you wake up, and it can detect when you wake up because it's tracking your sleep, it'll take your resting heart rate, which is the time of the morning when you should take your resting heart rate. And that's used as a measure of your overall heart health. And it can track your, your overall uh, resting heart rate over the course of a month. So that's yet another bit of information that you've got at your disposal. You can also track REM sleep. So you can, at the moment, deep sleep, light sleep. And now this is going to go even further to REM sleep. 
And because it's got your skin temperature, it's got all these other bits of information. You're working up a sweat in your sleep. Well, it can also tell you if you need, if you're dehydrated. It can tell you, look, you need to drink more water. Your, your skin temperature or the the, the level of, of, of moisture in your skin is, is low, so drink up. So these are, these are the sort of things that you're going to see. They've partnered with a company, oh, their name escapes me at the moment, but they, their specialty is these bios, bio-impedance sensors. So that's going to come out this summer, they're saying, that the jawbone move, the cheaper entry level, will be out in November, which is this month. But these hopefully will be out by the end of the year. The jawbone up, they're going to be priced two twenty nine ninety nine. That's the top of the line version. Yeah, which is a lot of money for the extra sensors, but if it provides a lot of extra information, it could be very valuable. So great stuff from Jawbone. You can check out the photos and uh, Stephen's information at techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Uh, we'll wrap it up quickly before we get to the minute reviews. Um, Vodafone announced, what, three weeks ago that they were in partnership with Spotify. And it was like, it was an announcement of nothing. It was the weirdest thing ever. Do you remember that press release? I think we might have talked about it, it at the time. nothing, I don't remember. Oh, right. Well, we got a press release saying we're in partnership with Spotify and there was nothing else. It didn't tell us what. <laughs> uh, look, I'm going to say I told you so because I speculated at the time they were going to give away free premium um, subscriptions. Mm. And I was... getting Taylor Swift? No. Taylor Swift won't be on it. No, I'm so gutted. Um... <laughs> <laughs> the, the, um, so they've announced this week that the partnership is this. If you sign up to or renew yourself or upgrade to one of the key Vodafone red plans, so the $70, $80, $100 plans is what they are, um, you get a Spotify premium subscription. That's excellent because when you think it's a $12 a month thing, yeah, you're basically great. saving that money every yeah. month on your, on, in putting in your thing. But the problem is... It's a, there's a little bit of devil in the detail. If you're on the $100 plan at 24 months, yep, you get Spotify forever for, for the 24 months. Yeah. But if you're on the $70 plan for 12 months, you only get Spotify for six months. If you, you know, So there's a little bit of devil in the detail, so yeah. be careful. Pay the extra 10, go 70 to 80, you get it for two, an extra six months. That's right. But even even that one on the on the 24-month contract, you only get it for 12 months. So there's a little, there's just little things there that are a bit weird. Yeah. Condition, um, conditions apply, that's correct. Cool. Conditions um, apply. But broadly, even if you look at it that way and say, well, okay, so I'm only getting it at six of the 12 months, I'm still going to save six times $12, you know. Absolutely. So it's not a bad saving but overall. It is also a good, and I'd, I'd hazard a guess too, that people who do get it for free for six months will probably want to continue it because they'll get into it, they'll see, wow. That's what really Spotify's thinking. Yeah, you know, Spotify wants to sort of get these customers long term. So uh, a smart partnership. And yeah. one, once again, Vodafone really going after not only retaining customers but winning new customers to the yeah. brand. And to be clear, um, Telstra had their MOG thing and I'm sure they'll come back with something on that uh, in the future. But they were they were offering free streaming data so that the service was a cost but the data was free. This is the opposite. The service is free, the data is part of your plan. So you have to use your own data um, but I don't think that's a problem because people on Vodafone normally have large amounts of data. Uh, anyway, you're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Rightio, we are in the offices of uh, Fuel Communications. Um, we thank them for their hospitality um, as we uh, sit across the road from the uh, Microsoft Devices event we were at earlier for the Lumia 830. Um, and Stephen, you've got a couple of interesting uh, products. One of my, to be honest, and I make no bones about it, massive fan of the Lenovo brand and products at the moment. Yep. And this one, the Yoga 3 Pro Ultrabook, is right up there with the best in the business. Absolutely, yeah. This is, I think, uh, set a bit of a benchmark, I think, for, for Windows uh, Ultrabooks. I think that uh, the, the watch band hinge has really been a revelation with this product. It's made it so versatile. It's a, it's a really thin Ultrabook to begin with, 12.8 millimetres thick. 
but it's also so you can turn it up and use it in tent mode you can use it in stand mode you can use it uh, in tablet mode so uh, you're not buying one device you're kind of buying four devices in one uh, the you know it's, it's powerful enough to make it your everyday computer it's got uh, the latest Intel processors on board it's got a gorgeous screen too I really like the 13.3 inch screen quad HD everything looks great on it so you you, you your, not only your websites, your, your photos, your videos, all looks great on that screen. Running Windows 8.1 as well. Plenty of connectivity too. I quite like the fact that they've got plenty of USB ports and one of them is the uh, is also the power port as well. So they put, put the power through that USB port as well. Uh, physical volume keys on the other side. Uh, keyboard, uh, would have liked a row of function keys there. So they kind of, they, they had to five row. There's room for it. No, there, oh no, there are function keys there, but you've got to hit the functions. No, but that's the thing. There's room yeah, for it. Why would you put it there? It's also got JBL speakers on board too. So they've really thought of everything, you know, performance-wise. You know, this isn't a gaming computer. Let's not get confused. But it is a strong enough processor to get through all your tasks, even if you're running Photoshop or things like that. It should do it pretty easily. 8 gig of RAM on board. But I think, you know, the design is really what sets this apart. Lenovo, really strong push into the consumer space. A lot of marketing behind this as well. And I think, you know, when you've got a great product like this, the marketing is going to be pretty easy. Add it to 11 AC, Bluetooth 4, uh, all the bells and whistles. And starting at 2099 so it's not cheap so you are probably paying a little bit over for what you'd expect on in the ultrabook market there's a lot of cheaper devices to this but you know this you don't need to buy a tablet or any other kind of device this is all of those in one Price is about the only place that lets itself down, essentially. So. Yeah, yeah that, that's about it. Um, it, it uh, you know, I think in terms of the processor power, I think people who may buy this for high-end gaming might be disappointed as well. But uh, processor is, is, if you're not a gamer, this is still a great computer. Yeah. Two blokes talking tech. Now, um, I'm certainly not, not your golf buddy, but you, uh, you have a golf buddy, mate, and you're going to tell us about that one. Yeah, the Golf Buddy VS4 is a GPS device that can talk to you. Now, to More understand... More nagging. Well, no, this, it's like having a caddy uh, clipped to your belt. It's so small, it's only like about three and a half, four centimetres square. So it's a tiny device. can fit on the visor of your hat, on your belt can fit even on your wrist with a special strap. So it can give you distances to the green, a little map of the, of the, uh, of the actual shape of the green in green view, but can, can provide information for more than 37,000 golf courses and can recognise not only what course you're on, but also what hole you're on. So this tiny device will give you that accurate information, but also at the press of a button, there's a large button down on the bottom right-hand corner. If it's, say, clipped to your hat, for example, all you need to do is just reach and touch it. Don't even have to look at it. It will tell you from where you're standing how far it is to the hole. So it is like having a caddy saying, look, what do we got here? Press of a button, you're 189 metres from the hole, so you'll know exactly what club to choose then, Trev. So release at the right time too, because now the weather's getting warmer, daylight savings, the perfect ingredients to get back out on the golf course. And at 189, uh, check it out at techguide.com.au. Well, once again, thank you to the people at uh, Microsoft Devices and uh, Fuel Communications for their hospitality in their boardroom while we record Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 183. Always uh, join the conversation with us at the Ziggy Zaggy hashtag. We're getting some great um, fun chats there from people. So if you're on Twitter, follow uh, at Stephen Fennick with a PH and at Trevor Long uh, and say good day. Just uh, whatever it is, gibberish or fun or uh, serious we, comment, we Ziggy Zaggy. hear from everyone and we reply too. We, 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 we're not yeah. these snobs that, uh, you know, we might have the little blue ticks next to our names, but we do reply 
to our uh, our listeners. You, uh, without you, we wouldn't be doing what we're doing right now. So we thank you for that, and we uh, appreciate your support, and also to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. We'll be back again next week. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick.